The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chance. Four goals in the third period for the Winnipeg Jets. They pull away from the Edmonton Oilers and win the game 5-0. Laurent Brassois gets the shutout tonight with 26 saves. Calvin Pickard was in goal for Edmonton. He did make some good stops, but eventually couldn't hold the fort any longer in the third. He stops 25 out of 30, so the Oilers 0-1-1 in the preseason after failing to get a victory in this preseason opening home and home with the Winnipeg Jets. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 8.45 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, as I was saying, Jets had a better lineup and they just kept coming and eventually the goals started going in the third period. They did and and when this this game got a little chippy at times and penalties started to be called, well, there was a huge advantage. It was, it was a, an advantage for Winnipeg 5-on-5 five five with the lineups that were put in, but the advantage becomes even bigger when it becomes a power play type of hockey game. You know, the Jets more or less had their number one unit in this game, so when they were on the power play, they were, you know, they, they scored a real pretty goal, and the Oilers, when they had their power play going, I mean, at one point, Cody Ceci was on the back end, another time, Cam Deneen was on the back end, uh, and you had, a, you know, Griffin throwing the puck around, a Brad Malone, so when the power play started coming into play, the Oilers had a huge disadvantage, as the Jets were able to score a couple power play goals, a couple breaks on other shots from the point, and you know, at the end of the day, the better team, the better team on paper was certainly the better team on the ice. Well, and Neil Pionk, I mean, he basically was worth two goals in that period because he scores early in the third period to make it 2 nothing to finally give the Jets a little bit of breathing room. And then... Uh, like a play I was starting to write down a goal and you were like oh Oilers are on oh no and so Cody Ceci took the shot Persuad didn't handle it it's bounding towards the goal line and uh, Neil Pionk swatted it right off the goal line well, to get the Oilers off the board it was one where you and I had to, to wait for a replay because we couldn't understand how the puck didn't go in we felt that the goal the puck had gotten behind Persuad and not only was it behind him going towards the net, the only stick that we saw was an oiler stick trying to knock it in. And we're like, how did that not bounce in the net? And then after watching a replay a couple times, Pionk with a wonderful play, good eye-hand coordination. That puck was, I don't know, half an inch, quarter of an inch. right on the line, yeah. To, from going, getting completely over the, the goal line. So uh, the Oilers did not have a lot of chances. And when a break came into the game offensively, the Jets got a couple breaks on deflections, and the Oilers didn't get any breaks as Pionk took away their one grade-A scoring chance and kept it as a goose egg for Bersois. Yeah, I mean, really, well, I, w- I would say that chance for CeCe and then the one with about three and a half minutes left in the second period, it was a nice rush with Borgo and Hoffenmeyer, and Hoffenmeyer put the pass right where it needed to be. Borgo's driving the net. If he touches any part of the pockets in, into the open net, but it just went barely right by. I think he got a little bit hung up with a back checker on the play, but wide open net if he gets it gets a stick on that puck. Yeah, it was a good back check because it was a nice, it was a two-on-one, it was a wide open two-on-one that looked like it was going to be a backdoor tap-in, but the Jet player, and I, I don't recall who it was, 
made sure he got back and just bothered Bergo enough. And the puck is one of those ones where it was between the, the heel of the stick and the toe of the skate. It's a very small area where it doesn't matter how good a player you are. If that puck is in that one small area, you can't get to it. Bergo couldn't as he had an open. And as you said, if that hits any part of him or hits the opposition player, hits the jet, that's going back doors. Brassois hadn't even thought about coming across. It slides harmlessly into the corner. And the Oilers, who did not have a lot of grade-A scoring chances, the couple that they had weren't able to capitalize on. Yeah, kind of what we expected, that the Jets would be favored in this game. And, um, I mean, the flow was a little bit similar yesterday. The Oilers had the better lineup, had more chances as the game went on, but Delia was uh, outstanding for Winnipeg and got them the shootout win. And and we saw the Jets come through. I mean, we mentioned... uh, Pionk, I mean, Morgan Barron alone in the slot. That made it 4 nothing. Capabianco added a power play goal late in the game. So that's how we got to 5 uh, in this one. So, yeah, for the Oilers, a few guys we were watching. Raphael Laval, one of them, 23rd birthday today. I mean, if there's that one forward spot available, he he's somewhere in the mix for it. We're not sure if his name's... Well, his name wouldn't, probably wouldn't be right at the top of the <laughs> nope. list right now. Did, did, he, did he do enough to nudge his name up at all tonight? Well, he did enough to warrant more attention. Um, uh, he's, he's, I know that Bob said he, he's improved as a skater. Uh, he doesn't have quick boots, but he does have size. But he's one of those guys that has size that's not a menacing type of player he's he, he's a guy that likes to put the puck in the net there's just not an option for that on the team here but he did play well I thought he was the best of the bunch for the Oilers tonight uh, so it's one of those ones where the coaching staff maybe they have this little list in their room all right here's the five or six guys we're looking at after each game let's give him a grade he would have a very high grade in, in tonight's game so that gives him you know, uh, another shot to prove that he's worthy of either the 12th or 13th forward spot here for the Edmonton Oilers. He was strong in a game that really, because of the team that Winnipeg dressed, you didn't really notice a lot of the Edmonton Oilers up front. Yeah, that's a great point, except taking some penalties, I guess, including <laughs> one after uh, a goal, which was kind of unusual, but obviously something was... Uh, we, we don't know. I'm spe- uh, Something said, a gesture made, or something earlier in the game where the ref said if you do that again this type of now, penalty but was it the player that went to the penalty box that was he the one that got the penalty or was it a bench penalty because it's very rare that you have a, a, a rookie taken on sport because most rookies are like okay I want to be seen and not heard let me just double check the, as I was saying yesterday the summary is not uh, as easy to find as we would like here we go uh, yeah it was where are we here? It would have been an unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, they have. Well, yeah, they have this one just as a Oilers logo. But that wasn't after a goal, though. Oh, yes, it was. So they yes, just haven't even after, really so said what it is. It must have been a bench penalty, yeah. Which makes so more sense because a rookie, I think it was... I think Stonehouse went and served it. And then, and, he, and then he actually did get a penalty later yes, on. Yes, and I, I don't believe Stonehouse is a guy that's going to go yap at a ref after a goal. Uh, you're one of those guys you just want to sit on the bench and get tapped to say, hey, go take a shift for us. So something was said from the bench and the referee didn't like it. 
and all of a sudden the Oilers were shorthanded again. And there really was no momentum at all for the Oilers in the third period as they seemed to be spent, spending a lot of the time in their own zone killing penalties. And when you do not have a strong lineup, it's hard to get momentum back when the Winnipeg Jets stole it. What about Holloway tonight? He plays again. I thought he looked okay. I mean, yep. he's, he's, you could tell he's figuring out where to go on the ice, trying to get into the middle, get his shot off. He, he was fine. Um, nothing special. Uh, nothing negative. Um, again, he's at this point of his career a complimentary player. And really, there wasn't a lot of players that drive a line for the Oilers in the lineup. So I, I think Holloway's a better player when he plays with better players. And I think you'll see as the training camp and preseason moves on, you'll see him play on better lines, and I think he'll be much more noticeable. Well, yeah, I mean, he's on a line with, with Greg McKagan and Seth Griffith, who are you know basically minor leaguers. Yep. They have played in the NHL. So, yeah, a, a different look for the Oilers tonight. Uh, again, I don't question uh, the, the work ethic or anything like nope. that, but I think sometimes it just comes down to a little bit of talent, and the Jets did have a, a better lineup tonight for sure. Kulak and CeCe were in for Edmonton. Broberg wound up... Uh, Playing uh, Hoffenmeyer, Deneen, and uh, Max Warner were the other defensemen tonight. I, mean, I talked to Hoffenmeyer this morning. I don't mind his game. Now, again, he's probably going to be in, in the AHL, but uh, I thought he was okay. Deneen seemed to have the puck a lot, too, actually. He did. I mean, he was out on the power play, um, running the power play, and you seem to notice players more because there's a little more ice time or a little more ice for them to play, play in, and uh, they're able to carry the puck a little bit more with time and space uh, he, he was fine uh, again it, it was it was hard to evaluate because it, it was NHL versus AHL so if Winnipeg's last night's team played against the Oilers this night's team you probably have a better evaluation right. where all the plays stand because those players would be a lot more evenly matched uh, Winnipeg just had a stronger lineup and I think eventually it it showed in the game with the the big third period by the Jets. All right, so five nothing. The Jets able to beat the Oilers tonight. Kyle Connor in the first, no scoring in the second. Pionk, Gustafson, Barron, and Capabianco got the goals in the third. Gustafson scored on uh, a deflection of a Logan Stanley shot. Uh, Barron was all alone in front. Capabianco got a late power play goal. Connor scored on the power play in the first. So that's kind of how it went tonight. Calvin Pickard, the goaltender, I mean, we know he's going to be in the HL. He, I mean, he did make some good saves. Great glove save about halfway through the second period. Made a good sprawling leg save in the third. Uh, the pucks just kept coming at him. They did. Um, I would say he would be average to above average in tonight's game he, he along with the other the rest of the team were just overmatched in this hockey game and uh he gave a valiant effort but eventually when you are uh, spending the entire period in your end uh, you have to stand on your head he didn't do that last night the jets goalie delia stood on his head mm-hmm. tonight pickard wasn't able to do that and uh, the pucks were seeming to find ways to get through them. A couple power play goals, a really neat deflection goal. It just was. Uh, he, he was. He was okay. So, the the. I mean, did, did you know who you're playing with as a player. Mm-hmm. Is it ever? I don't know if you ever went through this. Or maybe players felt this way about you. <laughs> Is it ever like a little frustrating, or more like okay, well. I'm an offensive player, but I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to do with these guys because I know, you know, they're limited at this level. Um, 
Yes. Um, but in tonight's game, I don't think anybody is is on a level above right. everyone else. Um, but you, 100%, when you get into a dressing room at any time during the season, preseason, regular season, you look at the lineup and say, okay, huh, here's how they have me slotted. And you can tell by who you're playing with what their expectations are of you. Um, tonight, uh, Holloway would have been expected to carry his line. Uh, Lavoie would have been expected to carry his line. Now, they're not going to get a lot of looks themselves because of the linemates they're playing with. But, yeah, players certainly know who they're playing with. And there's days that you're a little happier than others. Uh, I mean, if Holloway comes to the game next on Wednesday and all of a sudden he's playing with Leon, he's going to be a little more, bit more excited than playing with Greg McKegg. It's just uh, he players aren't... Uh, naive to the fact that there's certain players out there that are a little easier to play with that will give them more offensive chances. All right, 5 nothing. the Jets over the Oilers tonight. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought it was a competitive game. Obviously, the other team dressed a very strong lineup. I thought uh, we were right there through the first 40 minutes of that game. Um... You know, I looked up at the as walking off. I think we gave up 15 shots after two periods. We were competing well. And then, um, you know, I thought we ran out of gas a little bit in that third period. We started to turn the puck over, and they made us pay for some mistakes. You know, we were in the box three times that period, and uh, it just took more and more juice out of us. And in the end, they're... Uh, some of their dangerous shooters made us pay, and um, but in terms of the compete level of our kids, I thought um, we got a lot out of them tonight. These games are an opportunity for coaches to see new faces that they haven't seen in game action, for those players also to have new experiences for themselves. How do you essentially encourage them through what may be a very nerve-wracking time? Well, I think what we're trying to do is arm them with the tools that they're going to need to be successful. Um, you know, we have realistic expectations of where certain players are at and what we want to see out of them during preseason hockey. Like you said, it's about getting some people some experience. And um, I think some of our younger younger players got some great experience here going against uh, some of the top players in the National Hockey League. So uh, that's all nice and dandy, but uh, you got to learn your lessons from experience. That's how you grow. Um, but as I said, in terms of the effort, the compete, um, you know, I thought it was there tonight. Some of our um, lack of execution showed up as the game wore on, but uh, I couldn't fault the, the effort. That growth and the bounce back after a game like this and the challenges that it brings, how essentially do you guide those players through that mental component of the game? Well, we talk about a lot about it, so I think the first step is awareness, and then, um, as I said, you want to make sure that your players feel confident heading into certain situations. The way you do that is you talk through them, you work through them, you rep it out in practice, but in the end, when the doors close, they gotta they got to experience it, and... Um, Tonight, I thought we had some good experience, tough building to play in. Like I said, it was a one nothing hockey game through 40 minutes. Uh, we were out shooting the other team, only gave up 15 shots, and then penalty trouble and some turnovers caught up to us. Like Anna Murdy had a 
couple good looks there with the Malone and um, Lavoie line. Just what did you kind of see from him, uh, specifically when you kind of think about you know some of the messages that you've given him early in camp? Yeah, I, I thought what made Adam an effective player for us tonight was he kept things simple. Um, he showed some professional polish. He showed some heaviness to his game. Uh, he played straightforward and direct, and um, he looked dangerous. Uh, he kept a lot of pucks alive on the forecheck, and um, you know he was an effective player. Was there anybody else that kind of stood out for you, maybe gave you a little bit more than you expected? Um, you know what, I think in fairness to everybody, I thought the effort was there. Um, we didn't score a goal, so that's a little, uh, you know, wish we would have. We had some chances and we had some good looks. Um, but defensively, the effort, the try, all that was there for us tonight. It was, you know, we got a little bit overmatched there in the third third period. We didn't help ourselves, but... You know, we're going to take uh, the good from this game and move on uh, to our next home game on Wednesday night. With these first two preseason games, what are what are the things that you're realizing about this group that you have? Well, I think, I don't know if at the very end it was we got to 30 shots against, but we, uh, you know, we kept, we suppressed a lot of shots against a good lineup here tonight. I think that's a positive. Um, I saw a lot of positives in some of our team play, but still some areas that have to get cleaned up. Um, that's what preseason's all about and making sure that you're continuing to grow day in, day out. It's been a very, very difficult first five or six days here. Very difficult. The pace of practice, the workload that we're asking of our players has been very high. Um, the last two games have been competitive. We're heading into a much-earned uh, day off for the players tomorrow. And uh, we're looking to take a, a step here in this next phase of camps, which will start on Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Thank you, that is Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Need one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Jets with four goals in the third to beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-0. Adam Ernie, he's on a PTO. He played tonight. We'll talk about him and you will hear from him. We're rolling along. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chan. Back on the left wing, Lucius to the point for Bianco over to Capo. Bianco, the save made by Pickard. The rebound goes towards Pickard. He'll cover it up for a moment as the penalty expires and the whistle goes. Okay, that's your save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Calvin Picker takes the loss in the Oilers' net. LB, Laurent Brossois, gets the shutout. Jets over the Oilers 5-0 in this one. Uh, it is an off day for the Oilers tomorrow. We'll see if they uh, assign some players. Junior, Bako, uh, whatever, Bo Aiki, the uh, promising young defenseman, was sent back to Barry today. So we'll see if uh, the Oilers announce anything tomorrow. I would imagine so. I, I think that's part of why they have the day off where they have the day off. There's a lot of players that played, especially tonight, that this would be their one shot at playing. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was a mass exit tomorrow, maybe 10 or 12 uh, of the younger players going back either to junior, if there's any of those guys left, and, and or down to the AHL. 7804960063 if you want to get in touch tonight that is the certainty hotline certainty the pros choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems certainty pro all the way yeah and with uh Pickard I know we touched on this a bit after the second intermission um 
you think he hangs around longer than some of the other Condors guys just to give him a third goalie? Well, I, I think you want at least three goalies here. I, I think you do not want to dress your two go- your two guys in every game with one of them backing up. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you'll have either Skinner or Campbell start, and then you'll have you know Rodrigue or have uh, Pickard as your backup. That gives them a little bit more rest. I mean, they're going to be playing a lot of games once the season starts. There's no reason to tax them by having to travel if they're just going to be sitting on the benches anyways. Uh, so, And then you, you're going to want to have extra goaltenders for practice because, as you, as you know, there's two units. There's the one that's playing, and then there's the other practice. So you want to make sure you have goaltenders for the other practice. It's not a lot of fun. Uh, if you're out there on the ice and you're shooting into an empty, and it doesn't make you a better hockey player. So I would think that they'll keep at least one, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep two for at least another week to allow uh, the the team to have goaltenders in, in both practices as well as having an option of giving your main two a rest as backup goaltenders. Yeah, but you, you think maybe it could be split now, Campbell and Skinner the rest of the way? Well, I, and I know that, I'm not sure if it's you that asked, but someone asked uh, Woodcroft, you know, about the goaltending situation and how many games they play going down, and they said they talk to the goalie coaches, they talk to the goalies, and they discuss it and make a, a plan going forward. I would think that they would get the remainder of the games. I mean, three each seems about right mm-hmm. because we still are what, what's the date today the 25th that's five one's opening night uh, it's in 16 days right so six you have 16 days three games in 16 days days isn't taxing and if you only if one of those goalies only plays two that's a long time to have only two games and you got to think that only one of them is playing opening night hopefully right uh, so <laughs> the guy that doesn't it's an even longer stretch so I would imagine both goaltenders will play three games of the remaining six so Adam Ernie's on a PTO I, I interviewed him yesterday you know likes the opportunity here in Edmonton uh, said you know the Oilers got a chance to, to win the cup so I want to be around for that no, we don't know if he's uh, going to get to be I, I, I mean he was if he makes the Oilers he's the 12th or 13th forward. Yep. He was on the top line tonight <laughs> with Malone and, and Lavoie. So uh, I thought he was around the net a couple of times, but did I think he was the most noticeable player this evening? Uh, I, I would say probably far from it. I no, I agree. I, on, in all honesty, I noticed Jaden Grubb a lot more than I noticed uh, Ernie. And uh, yeah, he, he, you need to be noticed in a positive way. No, he needs to be noticed as a physical presence. Mm-hmm. He needs to be noticed as someone that buzzes. Um and I thought that coming into it, the three PTOs, I actually thought he had the best chance just because one guy's injured, one guy's coming back for two and a half years off, and this is a guy that's played in the National Hockey League the last number of years. Uh, it's early. Uh, he'll get more opportunities. But, yeah, no, a quiet night, I thought, from Ernie. And he might get, as camp goes on, because Jay said you want to give these PTO goes PTO guys five games mm-hmm. to give them a chance. As camp goes on, he might get to be on a line that's like, okay, if there's a regular season game, that's actually your line. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think both he and Sutter will play with the guys that they expect right, like to be on the Ryan fourth line. Like Mark or, or whoever. 100%. Right? So, yeah. And to see, because they, they're going to see who has chemistry with them, who uh, complements them well. Uh, again, Sutter is the perfect choice because he's a centerman and can win faceoffs, but is he capable of playing at this level now after the two and a half year break? Yeah. Good first step for him last night, and we're going to see probably two, three, four, or five more steps before they make the decision.
Yeah, I, yeah, I thought we talked about Sutter last night. We played fine last night. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get his face off last night. Last night, I think Mooner said he was seven out of eleven. So yeah. that's uh, that's promising. But uh, yeah, a good point about uh, about Ernie. Probably wishes. Well, let's find out. Uh, we got Adam Ernie standing by in Winnipeg. Adam, can you maybe just give us your post-game uh, initial reactions? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a tough, uh, tough loss, but at the same time, um, there's a lot of new systems for a lot of guys, and we try to sort that out. But I think the main thing is, you know, we battled really hard. Um, I think it wasn't definitely wasn't lack of effort. So we definitely have some uh, some stuff to review on video and uh, some stuff to clean up. But uh, the effort was definitely there. As a veteran player, how do you essentially use your leadership presence to be able to guide some of the younger guys in a situation like? That. I think you just got to calm it down initially. Um, you know, it's a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, a lot of energy. Um, I just tell the guys to play their game. Uh, you know, you're here because you played your game. Uh, don't change it now. So um, I think it's just calming their minds. You know, just getting back to what they do best. When it is preseason, there are a lot of new things to learn amongst a lot of new faces. So how do you guys kind of adjust and adapt on the go that way? Uh, it's a lot of communication. I think the key is really to talk it out. Um, it really goes a long way. So, um, you know, like you said, it, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in in just three or four days of practice. Uh, but I think the more the more we can communicate on the ice and and chat out there is uh, really helpful. How's this been for you on a personal level? Just kind of coming in as a PTO, a new experience for you, and just maybe some of the conversations that you've had with the coaching staff, where you kind of see where your opportunity is. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, the guys the guys have been awesome, uh, really welcoming. Same with the coaches, all the staff. Um, I mean, for me, it's you know, I want to be on a team that's going to win. So uh, that was a big part of my, my decision to uh, come here on a PTO, like you said, and, um, you know, just show them what I got. Um, you know, I think, you know, they, they wanted me for, for the game I play, so um, I'm not going to change that. It's a bit of a catch-22, I think, for some PTO players because you're in this open tryout scenario, which is not overly common in the NHL. You want to be on a team that could have a chance at the Stanley Cup. However, the teams that have a chance at the Stanley <laughs> Cup are, are less likely to be looking for players who are out there on PTOs. I mean, that's a good point. Most players that are looking for an opportunity are going to teams at the bottom of the standings. You have a much better opportunity of making the San Jose Sharks or the Arizona Coyotes or, or players like that than you do of making the Edmonton Oilers. But I think at some point you are looking at what spot is available what kind of role player they're looking for, and frankly, who invites you to camp. Right. Um, when I was a PTO in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was the only team that so invited going. me. So I'm like, okay, that's an easy <laughs> choice. Uh, having said that, I got three extra years in the National Hockey League because I went on a PTO and gave myself a chance. And that's what these players are doing. They're just trying to extend their careers. Just get me one more look. So a guy on a PTO, what they want is one more game. Yeah. So, okay, I had a game tonight. Get me one more game. And each time you go out there, I'm going to try to do something special to get me another game. And eventually, if you get enough games and you put together something yeah. special or you're, you put together what you're capable of doing, hopefully that gets you a contract. Yeah, and well, and as, as we remember from Versteeg a few years ago, yep. they're free to leave. Yep. Or it, they're free to take an offer you, from another team. You are uh, auditioning for the Edmonton Oilers, but you're also auditioning for the National Hockey League. So it, this isn't... Uh, Ernie and, and Sutter coming in here right now saying I this is I'm playing my best and I want the Edmonton Oilers to see me they're saying I want I want to sign here but 
other teams around the league, please notice me too. Well, Sutter wanted to stay in Alberta, though, so he got. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I don't but know I, how bad he. Having was, said that, if the Toronto Maple Leafs called and say, "Hey, we need a fourth line center," yeah, here's a, here's a two. Yeah, whatever, here's, yeah, we'd like. I'm sure that some people can. You know what? I'm going to be away, honey, for a little bit. I'll be back hopefully late June. Right. Yeah, but we'll we'll see what Ernie does because he does. You know, he can score a bit, and, yeah, he wants to be physical when he's out there as, as well. But we kind of didn't uh, see a lot of that tonight in a, in a game in which uh, the Jets controlled most of the play, especially as it went on, and they beat the Oilers 5 nothing On the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals, visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Flames and Seattle split squad games in uh, in Seattle. Calgary's up 2-1 in the second period. In Calgary, Seattle's up 3-2 in the third. Avalanche are leading the Golden Knights 3-2 in the third. Devils beat the Flyers 6-0. Senators beat the Maple Leafs 4-3 in overtime. Split squad game, Panthers and Predators. Florida won both 5-0 and 5-2. And the Devils beat the Canadians 4-2. So the Devils had a split squad game against different opponents. Sometimes they do Which that. You don't see as often. No, Usually but it, it, it always mixes me up when you see it. It's like, wait a minute, what? Yes, Is that a so. misprint? It is. Well, with the way the NHL website has gone, it could be wrong. They, they have the Cleveland Barons playing the t- the. I got my money on the Golden Seals tonight. <laughs> I think the Golden Seals are going to be have a big year. Once they... <laughs> I, I did like them. They used to have the white uniforms with the well, white gloves and ago, white pants. I, this was many years ago. There was a guy that wrote a book on the, on the team. I do. He was, he was interesting to you talk You had him to. on your show, didn't you? Uh, I don't know if he was on Inside Sports or on the Faceoff show, but yeah. he was on, yeah, something. I remember listening to that. And yeah, and he dug into the history of the team and all that kind of stuff. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. And, uh, oh, we got Monday Night Football on as well. Well, the one game, two games tonight. One game's over. Philly won 25-11 at Tampa Bay. And Cincinnati looks like they're going to win. They lead the Rams 19-9 with two, two minutes. minutes left in a game which had a lot of kicking. Well, has had a lot of kicking for the most it part. It has not but. been an exciting football game. No, but kind of close for most but of the time. But my buddy Marps is going to be happy as Philadelphia Eagles won. He's going to be pumped about that. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got uh, team. he likes all Philly teams. He's got a Philly uh, license plate. He's got Philadelphia, every one of their insignias. He lives of all in St. Albert? He lives in St. Albert and he is a Philadelphia fan. It, it's been actually a pretty good run right now for the, yeah, the Eagles were really good last year. The Phillies were really good last year. Um, the Flyers not so much. The Flyers so, were no, the Flyers not so much. But they, but they were like four zero at the beginning of the season. So we had a good start to the year. <laughs> good start. The rest of the seventy eight games were not as good. <laughs> no. Let's uh, jet back to Winnipeg one more time. Oilers goaltender Calvin Pickard. Calvin, last night you got to sit and observe on the action. Tonight you are in the action. Can you speak to how it felt for you to be out there tonight? Yeah, it's always good to be back uh, playing the NHL. It's always a good opportunity to play 60 minutes. And, um, you know, I thought we really battled hard tonight. Uh, wheels kind of came off in the third, but uh, I'm proud of the guys. It was, uh, it was a really, uh, really good effort against a solid roster over there. Can you tell us a little bit about the tandem and the relationship between you and Olivier? Yeah, um, right from the get-go last year, um, you know, we kind of fed off each other. Uh, I got hurt, and he kind of uh, took the reins And when I was out. And um, when I came back, we just kind of went tit-for-tat, and it was uh, it was really good, good relationship, and, uh, you know, look to have it moving forward. As one of the, I would say, more veteran players and having someone like him come in who's a little bit younger, how are you able to kind of lead him and guide him through the expectations of professional hockey? Yeah, he's uh, he's got a great uh, great structure, great uh, great base to his game, and, and 
um, you know, believing in himself is the key. And, uh, you know, he started to do that last year, and he's, he's got a really good package. He's, uh, you know, he, he plays well. Um, you know, he's got great crease management, and uh, um, I'm excited to see the success moving forward. Through main camp, through preseason action, what is it that you like to get out of these moments? Yeah, it's always good to get work. Um, I got that tonight. Uh, obviously, it kind of fell off at the end. You'd like to have maybe a couple of those um, couple of those goals, but uh, it's still the first game of the year, and, and uh, preseason's to work out the kinks, and, and uh, we'll get better moving forward. Calvin, you played minor hockey here. I believe that's right. And just how, what's it like just kind of coming back here every time and, you know, experience the playing? Yeah. Yeah, I love coming back here. Obviously, it's home for me and, and uh, see my family and, and friends and, and things like that. So it's uh, it's always good to come back. Um, always like to get a win here, but uh, um, you know, it's always good to play here. We talked about the guys battling in front of you, but some costly penalties from that too. Is it still okay to see that effort, even if it made your job a little bit tougher? Yeah, I was uh, I was pumped about the effort tonight. Um, obviously, we had a young roster going against some good players over there, so um, we battled right to the end. Um, you know, we can't give them too many penalties because they have a lot of good players over there that'll make you pay. But um, I'll reiterate, it was, it was a great effort by a lot of guys playing. Some some of them playing their first exhibition games, so. Uh, I'm proud of the guys, and uh, we'll build off it and move forward. Well, yeah, I mean, ugly score in the end, 5 nothing Winnipeg, but I don't think you can fault the Oilers' effort uh, tonight. You know, like like you said, experience and uh, players maybe in different roles, and they're going to wind up during... during and, and he had, I mean, he allowed five goals in the end. It's not as if he was getting scored on from center. No. <laughs> Those were tips, point-blank shots. I mean, Pionk, slap shot. He's going to beat a lot of goalies with that this year. Well, I mean... The Oilers had three, maybe four regulars in the lineup. This was a a, a lineup of minor league players and guys probably that are going to fight for even getting into the minor league uh, team. I mean, this is not a strong lineup, and the Winnipeg was good, and the ice started to slant as the game went on. And uh, when you're in your own zone for as much as the Oilers were, when you're killing penalties as much as the Oilers were, eventually pucks are going to find a way in. And... Uh, Pickard said he said a couple of those goals he'd like to have a, a redo on, uh, but it was this was a game where he along with his teammates were just overmatched. All right, five nothing. Winnipeg is the final. Back for some final thoughts. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. It's a puck up the boards. It's kept in, though, by Gustafson. Centering pass. It goes to Gustafson. Oh, the glove save made by Pickard. Wow. David Gustafson got that puck. It just came right back to him. A nice save made by Calvin Pickard. Well, Gustafson would get Pickard later on on a tip, helping the Jets beat the Oilers 5-0 tonight. Uh, we got the Monday Night Football game on here. The Rams did get a late touchdown and then attempted a short kick. The Bengals get it, so they're going to run out the clock with a 19-16 win as uh, the Oilers come home tonight. Day off tomorrow, and then they're going to be back at it against the Vancouver Canucks on Wednesday. Again, we'll see if the Oilers make any roster moves tomorrow. I do expect Connor McDavid to play on uh, Wednesday night against the Canucks, so that would be his preseason 
debut. Uh, we'll see if Skinner or Campbell or maybe both uh, get to play that game. We haven't seen them in preseason action yet as Olivia Rodrigue played uh, yesterday and obviously it was Picker tonight. Get more on this one on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has orders now from 5 to 7 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 7 to 8. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Thank you.